Well, hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. The folks from Bahamas Tourism were in town last week giving an update on the area since Hurricane Dorian struck there a few months ago. So we'll play a conversation I had with one of their representatives about how tourism plays a big role in their recovery. Plus, we'll chat about some unique theme-based hotel rooms from Booking.com and get some ideas on where to stay for the holidays. But to start things out, how about this for a scenario? You're on vacation, touring around like people on vacation do, and suddenly you find yourself caught in a nearby public demonstration or protest. It can be a scary situation, so we're going to get some tips on what to do if you find yourself in the middle of civil unrest while on vacation. And if you say it can't happen to you, it can and has to travel writer and blogger Sue Slatt. Uh, She wrote it on her website in a blog called Surviving Civil Unrest When Travel Takes You to a Riot. That website is TravelTalesOfLife.com. And Sue joins us now to tell us her story and what happened. Okay, Sue, tell me what happened to you and your husband that inspired the blog. Yes, well, it was a most unexpected uh, event in Barcelona. We were traveling in the Middle East, in Jordan, and... We thought at the end of that trip, we'd be ready for just sort of some downtime and would stop in Barcelona for a few days. So it turns out uh, everything went very smoothly in Jordan. Very safe country, (laughs) not a moment of concern. Uh, But we arrived in Barcelona the day after the sentencing of the Catalonia independence leaders. Um, They were sentenced to 9 to 13 years for the events around the 2017 Catalan independence referendum, Mm. which was declared illegal by the Court of Spain. And the people of Catalonia were very distressed by that. And so 500,000 people of the Catalan region marched into Barcelona. And what ensued in the weeks following, but certainly those first few days, was many protests, uh, which typically turned violent as the day went on. Now, we're pretty well-traveled, and we had certainly done a lot of research about Jordan before we went, but we did not give much thought to Barcelona. We assumed that since 20 million people travel there Mm -hmm. each year, it would be quite safe. So when we got home, I really felt strongly about encouraging all travelers, wherever they're going outside of Canada, to do some research um, and to be prepared and to sort of come up with some tips that would be helpful before you leave, while you're there, and in the worst case scenario, if you get caught in an actual riot, mm-hmm. what you should do. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that's the, the lesson to take home is that it can, it can happen anywhere at any time, right? That is correct. It can happen anywhere, and uh, I certainly don't want to discourage people from traveling. That is not the message at all. But I do want to encourage people to know what to do um, if it should if it should happen where you are. Um, and I can recall too. I was in Venezuela during the uh, elections of the president, and there were not really violent uh, protests, but there obviously were things going on, and you kind of go, "Ooh, I guess I'm, I'm not going down that street." Because that's one of the things, you you, you got to kind of research the political climate a little bit. Uh, that's one of the, the points you make in your blog, right? Yes, that's before you go, really have a look at um, what is going on in the country. And um, we certainly had no idea that this sentencing was about to happen. 
Um, that is something, you know, good learning for us there, but certainly to research what's going on. Um, and uh, my other point that I'd love to make is that please register with the Canadian uh, government travel website. And that we've typically done this for many years because we have elderly um, parents Mm -hmm. and we've always felt it would be important for them, our family, to be able to contact us. But in this case, the reverse was uh, (laughs) so that our family could keep track of us. And uh, we received an email on arrival in Barcelona from the Madrid consulate advising us what to do and of the situation. So I think that was very reassuring to know that they knew where we were and and to give advice in case in case we didn't know what we should be doing. And I guess that's a good tip too, no matter where you're going, right? I mean, you can pick countries and say, oh, well, I, I better register if I'm going here, but it doesn't matter where you go because uh, like we said, it can happen anywhere, anytime. That's correct. So we started registering when we were going, we did a trip to South Africa and thought, oh, this would be a good idea. But then we started doing it all of the time. And the website also has a lot of great, um, you know, tips. And you can go and see what the government is advising about travel. And that's something you can do before you go. What happens uh, when you're caught right in the middle of it? it? You have some tips about that too. Well, I think, you know, for us, uh, most of us, we're not, we haven't seen a lot of riots or, and it's, it can be intriguing. Oh, I should get some pictures of that, Mm. et cetera. But what you want to do is, as you said, Randy, when you saw it in Venezuela, you want to go away. If you see a crowd, you want to go in the other direction. You do not want to get caught up in it. Um, you know, things can turn violent and, and you just don't want to be, you don't want to be near it. Uh, certainly one of the best things you can do if you're in a city or an area where there are protests get going on is keeping updated. What is the current, what's happening outside? So uh, if you're staying in a hotel, often they can be very helpful mm-hmm. um, using social media. When we were in Barcelona, Twitter was the most up-to-date information that we could see as to where the protests were live. Um, so definitely... Having a sense of knowing where you where you are, watching out for each other. If you get caught up in it, as we did by accident, whoever you're with, hang on to them, um, remain calm, but do get away. Mm-hmm. Do not um, stand around, try to take pictures. Don't be taking pictures of the police or security uh, or anything like that. The uh, blog is called Surviving Civil Unrest When Travel Takes You to a Riot. It's on the uh, Travel Tales of Life website, and Sue Slat is a travel writer and blogger and uh, co-owner of that website. Uh, Again, the website, TravelTalesOfLife.com. Thanks uh, for your insight, Sue. Appreciate it. A pleasure chatting with you, Randy. Well, no matter what you're looking for, you can probably find a unique themed hotel room that matches your likes. Whether it's music, movies, TV shows, or hobbies, it's probably out there somewhere. And one place to find it is on the Booking.com website. So joining us now to give us a few examples of those themed hotel rooms is Andre Buarque. He's the area manager for Booking.com. Hi, Andre. Hey, hi, Randy. 
Uh, let's talk about uh, some of the unique accommodations in the world. These pop up once in a while on the uh, Booking.com website. We're going to talk about a few that you uh, had. And, and then the, the uh, thing with these, though, they, book, they, they come up once in a while, and then they, they're for a limited time uh, only kind of proposition, aren't they? They are. They are quite unique in that sense. So, so by the way, uh, before we start, thank you so much for inviting me uh, again. I feel part of, uh, of uh, the uh, informed traveler family. <laughs> well, you are. <laughs> <laughs> now, right? So, so actually, can I start with a, with a very important uh, statement in terms of a research, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it goes towards what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So our research shows that 43% of travelers, they want to stay in an accommodation type that they never experienced before. That's almost half <laughs> Of the people, right? And mm-hmm. then in kind of another 43%, they find thrills and excitement, a major personal motivation. So that's that's why we're talking about this today. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this is, is, is themed, uh, like one of the examples we're going to talk about is the uh, Adams Family uh, room. So that's obviously themed. It goes with the movie that just came out. And if you're a fan of the TV show, it's a kind of a fun thing, right? It is. It is supposed to be. Fun, unique, and interesting. Although, of course, the Adams family was something that happened on October 28th and November 1st. It was, it was a unique proposition, I, I would say. But we're doing that in a lot of countries, and in Canada for sure we did um, over the year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's to showcase some unique places. And then there's one uh, Sugarloaf uh, cable car. Uh, this is interesting. I've been to Sugarloaf Mountain. This is why I find it uh, interesting in Brazil. But <laughs> I don't know if I want to stay in a cable car, though. <laughs> that that first step out the door might be a big one. <laughs> if you are fear of heights, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure you, you're not going to want to be there. But you know what? This was a very unique one. You know, I'm from Brazil, right? Mm. And Rio is you know a superb place. You've been there. Yes. You know, and this was a unique experience. So what they did, they got a very big cable car mm-hmm. and they um you know renovated everything kind of a, created a room kind of a luxury uh so it was quite unique uh so uh, now let's move on in obviously those are ones that were available anything down the road i, I guess it just sort of depends on uh you know movies and and theme things like that right yes exactly um so one thing that we um did also, it's important to mention, just for, for me to not forget, uh, we had something in Canada also, right? So mm-hmm. we had an experience that was in June, that it was called, uh, we call Rosé, like the wine, right? The Rosé, mm-hmm. Day Gataway, a Vineyard Glamping. It was um, at Niagara on the lake, so it was very interesting. It was uh, the Glamping Sleepover that was listed on Booking.com. It, it is actually a, a, an award-winning winery. Uh, it, call, it is called Two Sisters Vineyards. And then this is kind of once-in-a-lifetime experience for people that love wine. Well, and now we do have the uh, holiday season, obviously, coming up, and New Year's and, and those types of things. So what uh, con- suggestions, if someone wants to, to spend the holidays uh, away from home, for example, what are some ideas you might have? If we can continue talking about those unique experiences, right, as I said, mm-hmm. and then some, I'm going to give two suggestions. We do have a, a, in a place called uh, Pander Island in BC. Okay. It's a, it's a treehouse. Really? So it's, yeah, it's a truly an experience for all outdoor enthusiasts. I know it's going to be a little bit chilly, but again, has a, a plethora of hiking trails outside the back door. It's situated in Pander Island. Um, it has actually a terrace, an outdoor pool, so it's a, it's a, 
treehouse, so you can find a booking.com. That would be a lot of fun. So, so tell me more about it. It's, I mean, you say it's a treehouse, but obviously it's a little bit of a luxurious treehouse. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's not, it's not our kids' treehouse. That, <laughs> that I can tell you. Uh, but, you know, there's another one, and that's in Quebec. There's a, a destination in Quebec that you, you know that is Montreblanc, right? Mm-hmm. It's amazing place. So we have uh, over there a place called Iskinen and Iskinaut Chalet. Mm-hmm. So it kind of sleeps uh, uh, eight people. It's a condo chalet, offers a balcony, has a ski to door access, and a casino. Actually, it has a casino. So it's a, after a day of skiing, you can warm up next to the fireplace. So, again, it's a unique experience uh, in Montreal. Very nice. Uh, now, you are mentioning that's a chalet. That seems to be, uh, is that becoming more and more of a demand with uh, some of your uh, clients and customers looking to uh, have bigger accommodations, sort of almost airbnb it, but not really? More than ever. More than ever. And it's a new word. I think it's a new word even for the hospitality industry, right? So they, a lot of them are working on that. For example, you know, being batch friendly, accommodating more than, you know, four people. Um, those are the kind of things that even the traditional hospitality is trying to accommodate because um, you have this huge variety of guests. And, and then Booking.com, again, we have six million listings only for alternative accommodations, right? Mm-hmm. Six million possibilities for you to stay. Um, so it actually towards the fact that the customer is showing us by, you know, research that they want you do want more and more of this. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I am looking on the booking.com website, and you do break them down to uh, every kind of uh, property, apartments, resorts, villas, cabins, cottages. So um, it seems to me that uh, people are looking for more of a variety to, to suit their needs, right? Yeah, exactly. And as you say, then coming back to the party, for example, right? You want to go, uh, like... Uh, in party style, right? Like sometimes two families, and mm-hmm. you want to stay in the same chalet, right? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, but sometimes you don't. You want to stay in separate rooms. doesn't matter, right? Search however you want, put two rooms or three rooms or one room, and we're going to try to find in that destination the best accommodation for that suits um, your needs. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about uh, when we mentioned the holidays in some, uh, some of the areas. Anything else? And then we've got New Year's coming up. If someone's looking for a New Year's party, for example, uh, maybe a couple of a group of uh, families want to celebrate New Year's together somewhere. Any, any suggestions? <laughs> I love the Rockies. I always, I'm always there, Camera, Banff, and Jasper, and Lake Louise. But you know what? I was browsing myself um, yesterday for a kind of a vacation with um, some friends. And then it's very interesting, and I challenge you to go on Booking.com and try to find a place for six people, for seven people, for even eight people, and you can search literally, Randy, on Booking.com. You can search Alberta's Rockies. If you are up to any destination, we're going to show you from, you know, from Camer to Jasper all the way. Mm-hmm. And everything you're going to find that we can find out of your, you know, search, we're going to show you over those destinations. Uh, and you're going to be amazed how many options you will find um, uh, that suits what exactly what you're trying to find. I know Whistler, and I'm a big fan of Whistler, right? And it's hard for me to compete with Banff in that sense, as a, as a traveler, right, as a traveler. But, again, Whistler is also a great place that in Christmas and New Year's, you have amazing options. And, once again, challenge you to try to find something uh, that is not traditional, that is different. You're going to find there for sure uh, in Whistler. 
Always some unique uh, accommodations, uh, no matter where you are in the world. You can check it out on the uh, Booking.com website. And Andre Buarque is the area manager for Booking.com. Always a pleasure to chat, Andre. You are part of the family, yes. Oh, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure, Randy. Well, the folks from Bahamas Tourism were in town last week giving an update on the area since Hurricane Dorian struck there a few months ago. And that's where I got the chance to sit down with Ellison Tommy Thompson about how tourism plays a big role in their recovery. He is the Deputy Director General at the Ministry of Bahamas Tourism and Aviation. The website is bahamas.com and here is that conversation now. Take me back to September and uh, Hurricane Dorian and some of the things that happened there. We don't have to go into huge detail. I'm sure a lot of people read it in the media, but uh, tell me about the, uh, the experience there. Yeah, well, um, September 1st and 2nd, Hurricane Dorian just stood over the Bahamas for like 36 hours. And not the entire country, but two northern islands in the Bahamas, Abaco and Freeport, Grand Bahama. I remember... Bahamas is not just one island, we're a number of islands. Mm-hmm. We stretch for a thousand kilometers um, from Bimini in the north mm-hmm. to Inagua in the south. So the islands that were hit were in the northern Bahamas. The rest of the country was fine. No, nothing happened to those um, cut off to those islands. Mm-hmm. But um, you've got to remember too that two-thirds of the touristic um, infrastructure and all the hotels are on Nassau Paradise Island. And that's in the center of the country and that was totally unaffected. Mm -hmm. So in terms of what's available for visitors to come to the Bahamas, most of the inventory is up and running. Mm -hmm. I think that's what people think of when they think of the Bahamas. They think of NASA, they've been on cruises, uh, you know, there's their one stop there. Uh, Maybe Exuma and maybe Freeport, but there is, as you said, a lot more to it, uh, right? Yeah, you know, most people think it's just one island, Mm -hmm. but it's not. So when you look at what we have available, you know, 50 miles off the coast of um, Florida is Bimini, where a lot of um, Canadians go to Florida for uh, snowbirds for the winter. And a lot of them come over to, uh, to um, experience the hospitality, the warmth, the beaches of the Bahamas. And if you look at the southern Bahamas, you got places like Crooked Island, Acklands, Maguana, Inagro. People haven't even heard of these places. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. nodding my head, <laughs> including me. <laughs> okay. And, you know, when you go to Inagua, it's where we've got the largest colony of West Indian flamingos in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. So for those people who are into bird watching, nature, ideal place for them to go. But because we've got so many islands, um, you've got so many different experiences. Getting, getting back to... Uh, Hurricane Dorian and, and the, the, the coverage from that, it was sort of a message that uh, all of the Bahamas was, was damaged. That's not the case. What is the message now? Well, the message is um, the Bahamas, we're open for business. So although two islands were affected, the rest of the country is open. And I think what happened is, you know, we had reporters in Nassau who were saying, um, reporting from Nassau, but not making it clear that where we are in Nassau, there's no damage. Where the damage is, it's like 140 kilometers away, and we are totally unaffected. Mm-hmm. So it did have a, uh, a negative effect on visitor arrivals to the Bahamas, because people thought, you know, the whole country was gone. But what we, the message I want to get out to you now is, um, the best way to help us is to actually travel to the Bahamas, because the tourism revenue, the tourism dollars, going to be what's going to help us with the rebuilding of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be uh, $4 billion to rebuild. 
So we definitely need to have the visitors coming in for us to get the revenue to, to make it happen. Mm -hmm. I call it visitor guilt, and, and that's what happens sometimes. People say, well, I don't want to go there and use up valuable resources. You're saying that's not the case. We need the tourism dollars to make those resources happen, right? That is correct, because if you know, we don't have the visitors coming in, we're not getting the taxes, that's going to be able to get the country back up and running. So it's, you're really disadvantaging uh, the people in Abaco and Grand Bahama because the government doesn't have the revenue to rebuild. And we want to rebuild as quickly as possible mm -hmm. so that people can get back into their homes. 80% of the homes in Abaco were destroyed. So these people have had to um, become evacuees coming into Nassau or some of the other islands of the Bahamas. But that's not their home. Their home is Abaco. Mm -hmm. They want to go back home. They want to rebuild. And that's where they want to get back to. Mm -hmm. So if you're not coming, you're not helping them. Yeah. So if you're coming, then you're helping them. So what we're saying to you is, if you're coming, why don't you even stay another day or two? Help us get a little more revenue. Or why not spend an extra hundred dollars or more a day? And that helps as well too. Mm -hmm. uh, and as we mentioned, Nassau is uh, usually the, the main focus when people go there. How easy is it to get around to some of those other islands? If you did want to spend a couple of days and, and explore some of the other islands, how easy is it to get around? It's really easy. Um, out of Nassau, most islands have twice daily, sometimes three daily flights from Nassau to those islands. Um, we also have uh, fast ferries that go between Nassau and Andros, mm -hmm. and Nassau and Eleuthera, and that's uh, in between Eleuthera and Nassau and Harbor Island, it's daily service. So it's quite easy to do that. Now when you go to the southern islands, that's only like three flights a week, so mm -hmm. that's a little more, a little more complicated, mm -hmm. but that's a vacation for a more hearty person. It's more like the outback of the Bahamas. <laughs> So we got a lot of um, people who want to do bone fishing or fly fishing, as you call it over here. Mm -hmm. uh, the fish there are dying of old age, so you know, <laughs> <laughs> people go down there, and you know, they are able to just take the whole day, and it's a passion. So they go out there and they fish for the whole day. Nice. And you know, basically, they just want a nice hotel room, a lot of beer, <laughs> nice food. And, you know, maybe some rum to chase the beer down there. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. So tell me, okay, if I'm planning a trip there, uh, you're my tour guide. Take me, uh, take me around uh, to some of the sites. What I would do, first of all, you know, let you arrive into the capital Nassau, where most people start their vacation. And depending on what you're looking for, do you want luxury? Do you want a boutique hotel? Uh, guide you in the right direction. I think on the first day, what I really want you to do is take a city tour so you can check out the sites and see where you want to go. Then I want to take you to the fish fry where you can get some local Bahamian cuisine and meet some real characters. <laughs> <laughs> we also have this great walking tour that you can go around the city of Nassau. But it's not only a walking tour, but it's a gastronomy tour. Ah, nice. So you go to like a five or six restaurants where you have uh, sort of like a dine around. And it's a really amazing um, uh, activity. What I really want you to do is go on our People to People program where we've got Bahamian volunteers and you've been a broadcaster. Mm -hmm. I would pair you with another broadcaster, oh, cool. a Bahamian broadcaster. So you guys can you know, talk shop, but that way you get to learn more about us as Bahamians mm -hmm. and have a richer experience about the country. Yeah. So the night goes down, we're going to go have dinner somewhere. Um, I think we're feeling we're feeling a little, little posh right tonight, right? So we're going to go to Great Cliff, where they got the biggest wine cellar in nice. the Caribbean. 
So we're gonna have a five-star dinner, drink some wine. There's a humidor, so I'm gonna go smoke a couple of cigars. Yeah. Uh, after all that activity, I think the next day I just want to hang out at the beach. I think we. <laughs> what, I think what we're gonna do instead of just hanging out at the beach, we're gonna go on a powerboat adventure. Nice. So we're gonna go from Nassau down to the Exuma Keys, where we're gonna go to Allen's Key, play with the iguanas. Okay. You know, maybe go to Compass Keys, swim with the sharks, and uh, maybe go to Big Majors and look at the swimming pigs. So, you know, that's just a day trip that we can take out there. But then after that, I think we'll just stay at the resort for the next day, just chill and <laughs> just relax. Chill but then we're going to go now to Harbor Island. So we're going to get the ferry. Uh, Harbor Island is uh, two and a half hours away. Great Pink Sand Beach, uh, it's a three mile Pink Sand Beach, and uh, three miles by three quarters of a mile. But it's a lot of activity there. So we've got nice boutique hotels, but lots of shops, restaurants. You know, it's a great idea to experience both. So you get the feel of the city's part of the country, mm-hmm. yep. but also you get the, what people's concept of the Bahamas actually is that more tropical, relaxed feeling. And you know, when you get on the beach, like I said, the beach is three miles, so. Probably after all that eating and drinking we've been doing, we better go for a jog. So it's a three-mile pink sand beach. Go jog down there, and you know. But you know the great thing about walking on that beach, as you start walking down there, you know the sun's shining on you. The water's absolutely crystal clear blue. There's that pink sand. You're kicking up the sand like a little kid. You're looking for a little flat pebble. You're skimming it along the sea. You know you feel like your youth is coming back. But then you just feel the stress. Just disappear and just lifting off your shoulders awesome well there's so much to do as you can tell in the bahamas uh ellison tommy thompson is the deputy director general of the bahamas minister of tourism and aviation uh lots of info on the website at bahamas.com we could go on tommy but time is our enemy here so i do appreciate your your time thank you so much pleasure meeting you And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review, and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, my email address is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler, or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.